Who the bloody hell's that? Morning, Ange. Oh, Anthony. How are we? I'm really well. How are you? <laughs> Come on in. I will do. Thank you. Did that sound staged? Just a little. No, it's fine. fine. Yeah. I'm going to embrace the whole lounge pant thing next time. I'm going to put my University of New Hampshire lounge pants on. You should indeed. You're listening to the Corona Diaries, a sometimes random and often irreverent attempt to understand the psyche of singer Steve Hogarth. Hello and welcome to the Corona Diaries. And I'm not giving it a chapter name because it's not really a chapter proper, but you'll find all that out in due course. The most important thing we need to do is checking with our favourite singer, because you've not been well, have you? What, you've been for years? Well, well, no, well, well I, went in the, I went over the course of the weekend. I didn't... Oh, no, I've particularly not been well over the, over the weekend. No, I've, I've, I've picked up a bug. Um, have I ever? And then I've played tennis with it. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something you do with Cliff Richard. And it won. All right. Oh dear. <laughs> it won six love, six love, six love. Right. Uh, but um, yeah, went down, went down with uh, on on the un- unspeakable below stairs uh, on Thursday, which sort of washed me out a bit for the trip to Sweden. Got there looking green and feeling hellish and went straight to bed and and then played three shows and, and when I wasn't on stage I was in bed um trying to summon the energy to throw a leg out uh, I don't mean somebody else's I mean my own and um so and visions of you storing a leg <laughs> in in your bunk well you know <laughs> the spanish do that um <laughs> I don't, you know those. You see those legs hanging up, don't you, in Spanish uh, <laughs> cafes? I don't think they take them to bed though. So, sorry, sorry. You see legs hanging up in Spanish cafes? You do. I mean, not not human legs, but they do have right. they are, those jamón, which I can say jamón, uh, whether I want to or not. At the moment, right? I've got I'm the, with you now. Oh, hello. Right. Yeah. I was into what I, I, I'd got. I'd strayed to orthopedics there. No, well, I, I don't blame you. <laughs> anyway, don't start cracking jokes. You're ill. I don't want to hear about your private life. Yeah, well, no, indeed, no, indeed. <laughs> I don't want to hear about my private life. <laughs> no. So, <laughs> so anyway, you're slinging a leg out. No, so you got there and you. You, you told me a moment ago that you got to the gate and Frenchie just looked at you in that kind of way that was like, should I ring the co-op? Yeah, yeah. he, he, he did say, you're not looking too funny. No, no, I'm not feeling great. And, and coming from Frenchie, you, who's not a man who exudes health, is he? No, no, neither is he a man who exudes a great deal of concern normally. No. So no. I knew I was in trouble. Um but anyway, I got to uh, finally, finally got to the Pop Hotel in Stockholm, which is the the home of ABBA and includes the ABBA Museum. And ah. I, I, I was shown into room three hundred one, 
which had more gold discs in it than I've ever seen in my life. Uh, the entire room was just festooned with uh, celebrations of three million sales and things like that. Wow. Um, um, to from you know to to Benny, what's his face, and to Beyond, what's his face, Anderson, I think he was, wasn't he, Beyond? And Benny was, I can't remember, Anna Fried, Anna Fried, something or other, and Agneta Falstock. Anyway, they um, their gold discs were all over my room, just rubbing it in, you know. Um, <laughs> is, well, I don't think they were purely there for that. As though feeling ill isn't bad enough. <laughs> Open one feverish eye to be reminded of <laughs> how, how much more you could have done. <laughs> Not only this weekend are we going to give you the shits, but we're going to... We're going to position you below all of Abba's gold discs. Remind you how shit you are while while we're at it. Yeah, so I was I was basically either on stage or in bed, um, and um, it, I wouldn't want too many weekends like that. But having said that, um, you know we have we've got the kind of fans who, if if you're in a tight spot, will immediately. Um, you know, get watch your back for you and look after you, and and they, and they did. They were amazing, and so the the entire weekend was lifted by the fact that I was rubbish, <laughs> 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 which is so, so. It's quite a good ploy, really. Um, but I suppose you you can't you you know you can't you can't do it too often, or you get a reputation for it. But um, it was it was lovely. I mean, Sunday I put a note up on the Instagram just saying, "Look, I've been ill and I've hardly got any voice left, and you might have to sing sing for me tonight. It might be a karaoke evening." And so everybody knew that by the time I walked on, um, and the band knew it as well. And it just gave the whole evening a kind of light-hearted, bantery kind of thing. Pete Trousers was in great form. <laughs> We made all sorts of mistakes, uh, which were really entertaining. Rothers completely screwed up the. I mean, the very first thing, uh, the, the the sort of entry guitar solo of the King of Sunset Town. I think he started on the wrong fret, and I was on. I was at the side of stage waiting to come on. I was on my hands and knees peeing myself. It was so awful, um, which was fantastic. Um, <laughs> So we started like that, and then we got to Holloway Girl, and Pete was wearing the wrong bass guitar, so we played the intro of Semitone High, and Mark came in on it in the right key, which was so ugly. It was mm. it was really horrid. Uh, A semitone's an ugly interval is, to be out, it, isn't it? It is, really, yeah, especially mm. when, yeah, well... There's some oh. things you can kind of get away with. That's not one of them. No. No, not not when the bass guitars are semi in a semitone key away from from the chords, and not with that bass line either. No, so as soon as that, as soon as Mark came in with the with the string string part, the piano part, I said, "Oh, I know what's going on here. He's wearing the wrong bass." <laughs> so I went, "Hang on a minute." So are you sure that's the right bass, Pete? So we had a little chat about that. Which we, so the whole evening sort of descended or ascended into um, in, in, into banter, and the the mask was well and truly round our knees. 
Mm. Um, and and so the crowd, you know, the crowd uh, got got to partake in in something that they that nobody would normally get to partake in, uh, which made it really special and really tender. And when and when we played Easter, I got as far to the front of the stage as I could. And I took my in-ears out and I just listened to them sing it. And it was like a Welsh choir. It was just beautiful. And, you know, there, there wasn't a dry, dry eye in the house, including, no. my, including mine. In fact, I was crying before I even went on. Well, you, <laughs> but you do like a bit of a blub, don't you? <laughs> well, I'm not sure that I like a bit of a blub, but I do blub. You know, yeah, right. I, I, I don't. It's not something I'm proud of. I'm just an emotional man. Oh, I, I, I think it's something to be proud of. I lost the sh- my shit completely at the end of Gaza because um, although I hadn't really given it too much thought, um, there's so much that's said in Gaza that is could be coming out of the mouth of a Ukrainian child right yeah. now. And, you know, towards the end, of nothing's ever simple and the grieving mothers both side of the, sides of the wire. And there'd been that trial of that kid who shot that old man and they've given him life imprisonment, and so they should because he's shot a man on the street, a civilian. But then you look at him and he's just a kid. He's 20, 21 at most. And these, should never have been put in that place. No, these kids place. are being sent you know, armed to the teeth to fight a war that they're not emotionally invested in. I mean, it's just appalling. And everybody is ruined by it. You know, the the guy that pulls the trigger is every bit as ruined as the guy who takes the bullet. And it's it's a tragedy. And so, uh, you know, I, I lost it completely at the end of uh, Gaza. I could barely sing it. So that was quite emotional as well. We've talked a little bit about this before, but one of I go one of the advantages of us as a group, Marillion fans as a group, is because as a rule we don't come and see you once in a blue moon, you know, unless it's difficult, like you know, it's a country you don't play very often. Mm. We we tend to we tend to be fair, you know, we tend, we're fairly regular. I mean, you know, we'll go every tour and and and. There's very little as a Marillion fan when you go to a gig. It's nice to hear some things you haven't heard for a while. There's some things you, you, you know, it's always great to hear because they're fantastic. But, uh, you know, it's not like we've not experienced the show, if, if, if you know what I mean. So when something like that happens, because of the way the fans are, look, if that was the only time in your life you were ever going to see Bruce Springsteen or you too, then maybe, maybe that's not you'd want as an experience. But as Marillion fans now, that kind of thing. You know what happened in Stockholm actually becomes a highlight gig. Mm. Oh, it does. But I think, nonetheless, I'm, I saw you two the, on the Joshua Tree tour that when they did Wembley Arena, which for them was a little gig. And um, they—I can't remember which song they played, but they about three songs in, they started something up, and it all went wrong. And Bono just went, "Hey, hold a minute." I oh, will do. We'll do that again. We fucked that up totally, and uh, that's the part of the show I remember. Yeah. You know, with with the most affection, because Bono does have this reputation as this pompous, egoistic, full of himself sort of character, 
and so to to see see them demonstrate the opposite and go, well, look, we've just made a mess of that, like we're a pub band or something, uh, was really really good to see. And and then mm. you really warm to you warm to the band because you think that they are just flesh and blood. These people, they're not superheroes. They're just you know guys doing their best. <laughs> And maybe they can do that. Maybe they can do that because they were a pub band. If that, you know, if you go back far enough. Well, I think, we, I, we, I, we all were at some point. Yeah. Well, well. so I saw Guns N' Roses. I ended up being side stage with Guns N' Roses because in my short career, um, I ended up, I ended up needing to take some mic- microphone capsules to um, to the to the Guns N' Roses tour when they were in town because they'd arrived in town and they completely f- they'd not even worked out the fact that their wireless units wouldn't work in the UK. Right. So they'd arrived and, and and none of these things had worked. And then what Axel tended to do was at the end of the gig he would throw um, he'd throw the mic into the crowd at the end. Right. And what they'd very quickly worked out is no, not only were they hiring in somebody else's radio kit because theirs wasn't working, but at the end of the gig, he was throwing one of these two grand receivers away. Mm. So they they got in touch with us and said, have you got something cheap for the last number? <laughs> Don't care what it sounds like because he's just going to hoy it. <clears throat> so I was dispatched to take these microphones because it was in Sheffield that night. Uh, and collect the cash because obviously a big the big concern like that back in the day they only had they just had cash I mean lots of cash yeah. lots and lots of cash so I'm 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 side stage at, at Guns and Roses with with three grand in my pocket um, in used in used notes but what was interesting was he he arrived by helicopter Rose didn't do a sound check or anything went straight on stage and then. There was an issue with the first number, and literally, it, it was daggers with the band. He couldn't right. he couldn't see the funny side of it. He'd not you know he'd not he'd not sound checked. He'd not turned up. It wasn't the original band. It was a load of session musicians. It had all gone wrong. Right. It had kind of gone wrong because he'd not been there for sound check. Yeah, of course. But then he couldn't see it that way, and then it, it all got very very ugly very very quickly. Right. So, I think some bands can't do it, but then some bands can, and I think if you can, I think it's a real a real bonus. Yeah, you should, I mean, if things go wrong, the worst thing you can ever do is take yourself seriously because nobody wants to see that, um, you know. And it may it 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 sort of amplifies whatever's wrong. Um, sometimes in a very very funny way. I you know, as I've probably said before, um, we we did a show with Bon Jovi on their. Um, Slippery when wet, or and it rained just before he came on, and the and the <laughs> the stage was wet and slippery, and he went up in the air and fell on his ass in front of fifty thousand people, and it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen, and he never laughed, which made it twice yeah. as funny. Yeah. Uh, he, and he strikes me as somebody who wouldn't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he'd laugh these days, you know. We all get older and mellow and. But in those days, no, he didn't, and that. Meant- well, I'm hoping he's laughing now. Have you seen any footage of the latest tour? He can't see. Oh, really? Has he? Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. It's all, it's all gone. Yeah. I mean, he was never a great live vocalist. He was always a better studio vocalist than live vocalist. But it's some of the footage at the moment's awful. Well, a state I'm in, I'm keeping quiet. <laughs> you no, you the rate you're going, you might get the Bon Jovi gig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. 
I mean, How if are you, you falling flat on your ass? If you want another bloke who can't sing either, you you be, you'd be better choosing <laughs> someone who's in who's better looking than me, really. Right, right, yeah, because he still looks all right, doesn't <laughs> yeah, he? Oh, John? He always has. Yeah, he's always looked fantastic. I said at the beginning that it wasn't an episode proper, and it kind of isn't, so I ought to uh, sort of clarify that now. We're not going to do a diary. We're not going to do a crooncast. Um, you need to rest your voice. We were, we were talking about this. You've, we've got Leicester coming up this weekend, and and oh, yeah. priority is obviously being able to do the, the Leicester gigs. So we're not doing anything out of the ordinary this week. We were also just saying, apart from one week off we gave ourselves, one Christmas, this will be the first week where we haven't kind of done a proper episode. So... We're probably overdue, and no, it's no wonder you're ill. When you just said we've got Leicester coming up this weekend, I had a really vivid uh, mental picture of being on a horse with Leicester Piggott coming up behind me with evil intent, which is more or less how I feel about Leicester. <laughs> he was a scary man. Still, what? I don't know if he still is. Is Leicester Piggott still alive? Does anybody know? I don't know. I know a great Leicester Piggott story. Um, which was told to me by my accountant. And he knew an accountant um, who was Lester Piggott's accountant. And Lester quite famously got put away, didn't he, for tax evasion? He did. tax, yeah. And according to what I've heard, which doesn't mean it's necessarily true, but it's a great story, but this is what I was told by a, 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 my accountant friend of his accountants. They knew that he'd... Um, they knew that he was fiddling, so they the HMRC got onto him and they uh, investigated him at length, and um, they found all his bank accounts and God knows what that he'd got. And then they raided his house, and every drawer in his house was stacked full of cash. Um, and um, and so so then they arrested him, and then. Um, there, then there was a long court case, and at the very, very end of all of it, um, he's uh, he's sat in an office with I don't know whoever it is with the HMRC and his and his accountant, uh, and the guy from the HMRC says, "So, Lester," he said, um, "You know, in, in, to sum to sum up, um, there was the, the there was the four and a half million pounds we found in your house." In cash, and he's going, oh, yeah, yes, that's right, that's right. He says, and then there was the um, the contents of the f- following account numbers, blah blah blah, and blah and coots, and the the accounts, blah 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 and blah, and that was the 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 four accounts of the Bank of Ireland, blah 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 blah. And they went through, went through all of these bank accounts <laughs> with all them all these stacks of money, and that he'd never admitted to having earned, you know. Um, and he got right to the end of it, and they said, "Is that everything?" And he said, "And you do realise that that uh, you, you're you're under oath." And he went, "Oh yes, I do realise that's absolutely everything." And they said, "Fine. Well, you owe us. I don't know what he owed me. Owed them a fortune. It was the best part of a million quid or something." Um, and. Uh, he said, "How how do you propose to pay that?" He said, "Well, I'll 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 pay that by check." And uh, they said, "Okay." And he wrote them a check for the full amount, 
that they'd, they'd calculated he owed them. And he gave them the cheque, and this guy looked at the cheque, and it was on a bank that he hadn't, hadn't admitted having an account in. And, I knew that was coming uh, as yeah, soon as you said it. That's true. And they said, come right this way, and they banged him up. <laughs> and that oh. was the... <laughs> oh. They put him, in a, put him next to Ken Dodd, I think. Then. Oh. Yeah. Well, he's still going. He's 86. <laughs> I bet he is. And, and would you believe a man with his nature, or not his nature, a man with his background and his history, particularly around money, now lives in Switzerland? Mm. Funny that. Funny that. <laughs> it's not because of his love of Toblerone, is it? <laughs> no, not a great horse horse racing nation either, is it really? <laughs> no. Probably no. buy and sell horses there, but that's it. Oh, yes. Yes. But yes, there's that's Leicester. Never a lot of time. I never yeah. really had a lot of time for Leicester. But anyway, if you're having vivid I, images of him, he's coming up behind me at great speed. I know that. With evil, obviously in, on a horse, on a horse he's, with evil intent, yeah. with evil <laughs> using intent. the whip. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly how I feel about Leicester. <laughs> So, so back to back to what I was saying. So this this little sort of twenty five minutes worth of this, yeah, this is kind of what you're getting this week. Um, well, so we so you haven't got to do anything silly with the Krooncast, and you haven't got to read diary, and you can take it steady before before Friday. Before, Le- um, before Lester catches up with me. Yeah. Before Lester gets there, he's literally coming up on your rails. He is. He is. Um, which which I think makes makes perfect sense. The one thing I was going to mention to you, while you've been away, mm-hmm. while you've been away, uh, not your birthplace, but your your I guess your hometown or your childhood town has become a city. Yeah, I find that extraordinary. It doesn't feel big enough, to be honest, to be a city. But hey, um, mm-hmm. what does that mean? Does that mean they have to? rename the Christchurch the cathedral can you become a cathedral when you haven't been one to start with because well it does pose the question of can you be a city if you don't have a cathedral well I thought that's how you defined a city so well, then... we, but we seem to be just making cities now you can't because I can't because Port Stanley in the Falklands which has been made a city I can't believe that's got a cathedral well, maybe you just kind of wave a wand over the village hall and put a new sign up. <laughs> well, like something out of a Disney film. <laughs> yeah, you st- stick a couple of those Disney spires on the church hall and relabel it Port Stanley Cathedral. Right. right. Maybe they'll do that too. I mean, Christchurch is a beautiful church. My mum and dad got married there, actually. I don't know how they pulled that off because it's... it's um, it's the biggest church in, in Donny. It's beautiful. Uh, and actually, I was going to say, your dad must have known where the bodies were buried, but everybody did. They're around the outside. <laughs> Maybe he knew who'd buried them. That's, an, yeah. that's a different thing. And the uh, fact that they weren't dead when they went down. <laughs> There's probably a lot of that in Donny. But, um, yeah, it would, it would definitely be able to... Um, to carry the title of cathedral with a plum, uh, Christchurch. So I don't know if they have to rename a church a cathedral, out, you know, on principle, or whether whether they 
Maybe they'll just make John Lewis is in Milton Keynes, Milton Keynes Cathedral, a cathedral of uh, of of what what do you call it? Of beautiful things, John Lewis, cathedral of bedding, uh, cathedral of bedding, <laughs> soft furnishings, exactly. <laughs> do you know what? If anybody knows. If anybody knows the, 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 the real deal here, how does something become a cathedral? Mm. Or a minster, for that matter. How do they become... How do you move from being a church to being a minster or a cathedral? Oh, you just get a bishop to wave something over it, don't you? Read a few words, sing a song. Is that how you do it? Right. I don't know. That's how they do everything else. Right. Well, then, well, then in which case, you, that, that place that your mum and I got married could end up being... Mm. Could, could be, Could the, be the Donny Cathedral, yeah. yeah. Donny Cathedral. I mean, fortunately, I do think they've picked it based on places where they, they haven't got a football team with the word town in it. Yeah, well, maybe they've, maybe they've done it, you know, on the, those, those places where the sort of fringe voters <laughs> ah, <laughs> push, right. push them in the direction of... I don't, I don't know if being a city pushes you to the right. It probably pushes you to the left, doesn't it? It would. Yeah, I would have thought it would. Normally, they talk about metropolitan elites and they talk about more diverse. Yeah. You know. Well, you can't push Donny to the left. It'd fall in the sea. You know, it's, it's been very lefty forever. Very, yeah. Very lefty. My mother used to say, "Round here, they'd vote for a bloody donkey if it pinned a red ribbon on it." <laughs> She was a bit of a Tory. <laughs> well, look, I think we should stop there. Rest your <laughs> on voice. The, on that note. <laughs> on that note. I think, we should, I think we should rest your voice. That was a bit of balance as well from me. So I'm quite proud of that. Fin- yeah. Finishing with a bit of balance. Yes. Nice. Um, and then we'll see. It's probably worth saying we don't really know how the next week's going to plan out, pan out either because you've got Leicester, haven't you? And I'm actually away on holiday. So oh, we'll see how everything next settles. Week? Yeah, I, unfortunately, I can't come to Leicester because I fly to Spain on Thursday. Right. So um, I'm going to try and find out what a cabana is properly. <laughs> um, how was that, by the way, Rick's? Oh, it's lovely. Was it? Yeah, it was just like a bus shelter, really. How was that Rick's bush shelter? <laughs> a big one, you know, but... <laughs> Stray like... chips and smelling of piss type of vibe. <laughs> oh, no, a bit, bit higher class than that. Right. But, you know, like a bus what, shelter. Stray wedges only... smelling of piss. <laughs> no, it was on a peerless blue ocean beach. And there was a man who kept coming and going with whatever you fancied. Um, right. You know, legal, nothing dodgy. Uh, yeah. but, but, you know... Cocktails and uh, Mary, uh, Rick's wife, at one point said to him, um, "Could you just put my lobster on ice, darling? I'm just going for a swim in the infinity pool." And then she stopped and just burst into fits of laughter and said, "I never thought I'd say that in my life." Um, and that was funny. So yes, I had lobster for lunch, and then you know I think he brought more lobster after that. Which was just delicious, and whatever you wanted, really, they, they would bring it, um, and then you'd go and have a paddle in the in the Caribbean, and then stagger back. It was awful, mm. awful, mm. hellish, hellish. Yeah, it was, and uh, hellish. it was a really nice bus shelter. Mm. 
as bus shelters go. Mm, better than anything I've, you know, waited for a bus in. Yeah. Did any any I mean any buses come past? Uh, no, no, I don't. No, so fairly useless as a bus shelter. Y- yeah, yeah. There were right. there weren't any there weren't any buses. There might have been a distant golf cart. Um, there was a little sort of train thing that uh, you know, like a road train that you get in resorts. It's oh tr- yes, there's one along. in Bridlington. Exactly, there was a thing like that. That's that, the thing that had got on at the end to get back to the to get back to the ship. Uh, but that was about as near to um, workshop bus station as my mind wandered. I think at mm-hmm. any point. We've all got. Scarred memories of Worksop bus station. Ride the National Express when your life's in a mess. Yeah. Um, just before we go, John Darms mm. uh, sent me a message on Monday. Uh, H is rocking his lounge pants at Arlanda Airport. <laughs> they were spotted. <laughs> yes. But then he did go on to say, just had a chat with him at the gate, he made an eff- epic effort last night, was really not well, pulled it off with a bit of help from the audience. I ignore that. That's my phone. Oh, I thought you bought yourself bought yourself a marimba. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's the blooming to- the notification on the Mac, isn't it? Anyway, we'll leave it there. Good luck for the weekend. All righty, thank you. I'll uh, I'll go and lie down again now and yeah. try not to talk to the missus. <laughs> I've got that. Might be mutual. That. I've got the Bob Dylan signs, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Am I on my own with it? No, you're right with that. You're right with that. Yes, yes, yes. It, I mean, you could have said Love Actually to bring it up to oh, a bit more up to date, oh, but yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, Love Actually. I've done, the only bit I've seen of Love Actually is those people shagging. I've told that story as well, haven't I? You've told that story. <laughs> <laughs> Mummy, what on earth are you watching? <laughs> Happy Christmas. Right. Happy uh, indeed. Indeed. <laughs> right, I'll I'll see you post Leicester. All right, have a lovely holiday. We'll talk just in case we can we can converse, you know. Maybe we could do another short one. Oh, we should in, we should do, but we are still recording, while, so while, everybody knows that now. While you're paddling. Yeah. 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 Well, I could do that. I could stand in the pool and Yeah. And yeah. I'll what'll I do? Put my feet in a bowl of water. Try and join you in spirit. Have you got a hanky with four knotted corners? <laughs> My dad used to do that. He used to, he? He used to take the bowl out of the sink for his feet and watch the telly. <laughs> I've forgotten all about that. I'll do that. On that note, I'll we'll that. end the recording. All right. We'll end the recording there. Um, so I'm pressing stop. Uh, toodaloo. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Corona Diaries. It featured Steve Hogarth with the insights and me, Ant Short, with the questions. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing and maybe leaving a review as this will help others find it. You could even share with other like-minded souls, should the mood take you. This has been an A Short Stories production.